right. Uh, my name is Becky Brown. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Brittany Marie. And this is... We're, we're trying, trying to be, be better. better. Um, so we're in week seven, and this is recovering a sense of connection. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I will say, I was kind of entering this week as kind of like rolling my eyes and probably because of the holidays. But Same. when I actually did dive into it, I was like, oh, damn. This, I feel like this is what we've been working towards. Yeah, and there's no mention of God, so I was really into that. There was one, but I felt like it could have been deleted, so I kind of just skipped it. Um, and I will say, before we go into it, normally we kind of just, like, introduce the sections as we approach them. But really, I think it's useful to, to look at them as this. There's, there's really four topics um, of discovery and recovering a sense of connection. And that is, first, listening. Then we go into perfectionism then risk, and then jealousy. And there's kind of even some elements where we kind of go back into the listening stage. And so it really does feel like a cycle that we interact with, whether we do it in a conscious way or we do it in a um, kind of just as-it-comes way. And unfortunately, then we get stuck in it. But if we can be very um, intentional with the cycle, it'll be very useful within your creative process. Yeah. yeah that's it and with becky's that's it i'm gonna join in with uh i'm gonna jump in with listening okay so that was okay. the first section um this i did think it kind of went on a little bit too long <laughs> my listening skills really? wasn't i think that it was super with it a super short short chapter it, no it, it is a short chapter but i just kind of think that she kind of ran on a little bit but the, but the points the the point that you know i think that we can all kind of assume what listening is going to go into and so there are those elements of like listening deeply right actively um those different forms but more so she's talking about listening to your inner self and um something that she says that's really i thought was really clever which uh, is kind of in the beginning she goes art is not about thinking something up it is about the opposite getting something down the directions are important here um, and again, she goes, if we are trying to think something up, we are straining to reach for something that's just beyond our grasp up there in the stratosphere where art lives on high. And she's quoting someone else. So, so the, so the point is, is like, if you, if, if you're trying to think something up the whole time and you're not letting it come to you and then cycle that out, you know, again, I've talked to, I've talked to you guys about simpatico. If we're not letting our, you know, if we're not letting our listening be within a relationship of simpatico with our creativity, then it's going to be diminished and it's going to be suffocated and we're going to be straining for the art to come through. How do you feel about that, Becky? You have a, you have a, you have a thought face. No, I'm just digesting and I'm agreeing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a little note that I wrote down is um, it's, you know, art is truly the reflection of society and what surrounds us. And so, you know, if you're looking constantly to think something up, Art is always around you, right? Art is the reflection of what is around us. And it is it is interesting uh, how much we um, revel, if you will, in in previous centuries art because it doesn't, you know, we people, you know, like they look at the Mona Lisa, right? The Mona Lisa is important because of the fact that she did have a small smile and that was very, like, taboo, right? And it's, it's a beautiful painting. But, um, you know, if we're trying to connect with that, it's you're going to have a much longer stretch. People talk about like, oh, we went to the Mona Lisa and 
It was okay. Well, if you're not going there with, like, understanding that this is, like, a documentation and that this is really, like, a marvelous time in that period, then you're not really going to get a whole lot out of it. If you're looking at it because, like, people talk about how famous and how amazing the pain is and I want to be connected with this amazing thing that everyone else is connected with, we're not really all connected with it because it's reflecting a different time period. It's reflecting a different society that was surrounded around um, that time. So what's your point? My point is, is that, you know, if you're trying to constantly come up with something, it's not useful because it's the, you just looking what's around you, looking with what's within you. That's where art lives. That's where art breathes. Um, that's, that's where it all flows together. So I think I'm just kind of um, emphasizing what she's talking yeah. about as far as listening. Yeah. I agree with that, um, that you, you know, as artists, you have a responsibility to, like, critique the world that you live in yeah kind of i don't know i don't know i think it's that also like art is so different for everyone and how what like what their approach is like i don't know if it's necessarily like critiquing or just like i'm trying to think of artists that just like make up their own completely bonkers world that is so different from anything else that you see around you yeah but it somehow still feels like I don't know, something that you can relate to. Like, think of something that you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? I love it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's the same. Uh, so, I don't know. I think it's interesting. No, absolutely. And I think, I again, like, that's the point. Like, no matter what, like, even if, even if it's like a, you know, something totally out there and you just don't, and you're like totally connected to it, but you don't know why, mm-hmm. because you're seeing some sort of reflection. It doesn't yeah. matter what that type of reflection is. And I'm not saying it, like, I'm not saying society. I'm not saying that it has to be about, um, society is more kind of like a general, general term, right? Society can be just like your family, um, and what you guys are living through right now. It can be, you know, us and having, Trump as a president, um, the fact that he just got impeached, right? Um, you know, or it could be. Please you know, don't make art about Trump. <laughs> Please don't make anything about Trump. Oh my God, we're well, so saturated with that. Yeah, I think I think I'm more so. You know, I I'm just kind of grabbing at whatever. You know, yeah. an experience that you had at the grocery store. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just like it's it's all. Yeah. It's all relative. Like, society is more so relative, and it's more so speaking to, like, current time than it's necessarily, like, how does society work right now? Yeah. True. Um, something else that she I, – I do want to read something else that she – there were there's just so many good, like, gems in in this chapter this week. Um, she wrote something else down, and she's talking about when she was screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, when I teach screenwriting – I remind my students that their movie already exists in its entirety. Their job is to listen for it. I also underlined this. Yes. Uh, Their job is to listen for it, watch it with their mind's eye, and write it down. She's talking about nonlinear perspective right now, and I talked about this last time too, how, you know, in in my timeline, right, if I look at things in a nonlinear perspective, in a nonlinear time frame, I've already achieved all that I've wanted to achieve, and it's just now, there's no question of it anymore, it's just more so me doing the things to get to that point, and that is the journey that I am right now. So it's kind of like folding in between linear and nonlinear perspectives, right? And it's the same thing here. You're talking about nonlinear perspective. It, the movie already exists in its entirety. You just have to be open to it and write down what you see that gets you to to that entire piece. Yeah. It's beautiful. 
I still want you to break down nonlinear. Nonlinear, yeah. So like, um, that one always throws me a little. It really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So like right now, I think because I've been reading The Watchmen and I just watched The Watchmen series, um, in its entirety, I am like really when I think of it right now, I think of Doctor Manhattan again, reflecting society. That's another thing. Doctor Manhattan is an is a piece of art. Um, and so, uh, right. So nonlinear. So for him, time exists. Like it all exists at once. So past, present, future, it's all existing for him. He's, he's in it all. And his, he, he may be in the present, but in his mind, he is also in the past and he's also in the future. So it's looking at things, um, so like in a specific timeline, right? You know, like you and I, this this journey that we're on right now, week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, mm-hmm. it's all um, that's linear. Yes. But if we look at the book in its entirety, right, all at one time, okay, as we've been through this, it's non it's nonlinear. Like I, if, you've lost me. Okay. Um. So like, again, so think of the line. So that's that's how I think of that's how I think of linear nonlinear is like linear is a line mm-hmm. nonlinear there's no line, okay it's just all there. Oh, okay, it's just all there at one time. All right, it, I understand a little like, bit more. Think of like a black hole, right? They talk about how you like a black hole. How they explain a black hole, where you can f- where you f- like they have a piece of paper, right? This is this is travel, and then they fold the piece of paper and they cut a circle in. Right? <laughs> that was me drinking <laughs> from my water bottle. Sorry. It wasn't so as sorry. good the second time. The first time was really good. It sounded like a huge, you know, flatulence moment. Um, what were you saying about the black hole? Oh, in the black hole, like you cut a circle in the black hole. Okay. And then suddenly you're at the other space. Okay. Because you went through the black hole and you're finally, so you went from, so when you that fold That to me it, is linear. But it's not. It's nonlinear. How? It, it's linear, nonlinear, linear. What is linear, nonlinear, linear? The beginning is linear. Okay. Jumping through to the end is nonlinear, and then being at the end is linear. Okay. So the black hole itself is nonlinear. Y- yeah. Okay. Essentially. How? That doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Because you're going through a black hole to get from point A to point B. So to me, it's linear. Yeah, but you're having to fold space and you're having to fold time to be able to get there. But it, you're still getting from point A to point B. You're still going to be at a different destination than when, when you started. Mm, I feel like this is like a deep sci-fi conversation <laughs> right now. I think because we're using the black hole. I'm sure that people Sorry. would disagree with me. I, also, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about when we talk about black holes. Yeah, I just know from like sci-fi references because my guy's really into sci-fi. So, Also, the pressure. I don't think anything, nothing can actually travel through a black hole because the, it becomes so pressurized like it would. Like if we were to go through a black hole... We would our bodies would just like immediately disintegrate because they're of the like intense pressure that you actually that I don't know that exists in a. Black I mean hole. that's very true. It's not true in Interstellar, but yeah, no, that's very well, true. No, it's not true in the movie fucking Interstellar. <laughs> 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 but in real life, like you don't go from point A to fr- from point B. You go into a black hole and you die instantly. Okay, that's fair. Anyways. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. 
you know. I'm not saying that's fair. I mean, like, that's what would happen. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying, though. I'm saying that's fair. I'm saying, like, that's a fair We're getting way off point. Topic. It is. It is way I off topic. I would really wanted to break down. But now I understand better what linear and linear is. We can also go over it more later. Okay. I do feel like for our dear listeners, who's probably, like, scratching their head and, like, oh, my God, why am I listening to this? We can cut all this shit out. It's all, it's all good. I mean, Maybe. Maybe. Um, so take it away okay yes so um something else that she talked about later on after um you know saying again that um you know the screenwriting bit there was something else that i really thought was such a gem as far as listening because again we're listening to our inner creative self and she was talking about how like this is all what we're this is all what this has been working up to so that way you can listen and again be connected to the inner creative within you, right? We, we're doing activities to tap into that creative, but that's not necessarily being connected. That's having moments of connection. We want a streamlined moment of connection, and it's learning how to um, to listen, to be in tune with that. And something that um, I thought was really beautiful that she wrote at the end of it was, expect the universe to support your dream. It will. Yeah, I underlined that as well. I thought that was very sweet. It was fabulous. Yeah. It was so it was good. good one. It gave me like a lot of hope and I felt like it was really good preparation for going into perfectionism risk and um uh what's the last one? Perfectionism risk jealousy, I think. And was the je- last. yes, and jealous ooh, yeah, and then going in jealousy. So remember, friends, expect the universe to support your dream. It will. Okay, so now let's dive into perfectionism. Do you have any notes? Uh I just underlined. Okay. Fabulous. So for perfectionism, um, so good, so good. I I love this. I love this. I was like, damn, me all over the place. I had some mixed emotions about this. Really? Yeah. But you go first. Well, for me, it was like so on the nail. Like I've been described as a perfectionist by other people many times. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, no, at one point I literally wrote me by something she wrote. Um, so yeah, so something I'll just say, I'll just go ahead and read this bit real right here. Mm -hmm. Perfectionism has nothing to do with getting it right. It has nothing to do with fixing things. It has nothing to do with standards. Perfectionism is a refusal to let yourself move ahead. Uh, Yes and no. No, it so is. It so is. It, you're just not. You're not letting things let them be. You're not letting them be as they are. I don't think. I disagree. I hard disagree with that. Mm. I don't think it's you're letting yourself. That's not how I see perfectionism. I see it as like you're trying to accomplish something and you want it to look the way you want it to look, and you don't really feel like at ease with it until it's done. Until you're like, okay, now I'm uh, like now I can let this be. Now I feel that it is complete or like this is like what this is like what looks good to me. And when uh, when you're finished with whatever you're making, you kind of it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. But at least in the end, the first uh, like whatever you've created, whether it's a first dra- draft or like you're on draft number 20, you're like, this is something that I feel good putting like forward. Mm. Not it's de- it, I don't think that it should be used as like something to I don't think it's useful to look at it as something that's keeping you back I think it's something that you should strive for I'd really do I'm like do what feels good to you don't stop working hard to like 
yeah, don't let it stop you from like working to achieve what it is like you want this to look like, what it is you want your art to look and sound and feel like. I think that maybe there could be a balance then with, with perfectionism because for me, um, you know, and I think that perfectionism can very much be used in that way. But as, you know, perfectionists, I don't like, I think that you can have a perfectionist approach, but I wonder if like being a perfect perfectionist is like two different things. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. So, so for me, I do feel like, like maybe it's the thing where you can't have your cake and eat it too, or like perfectionists have the cake. And so they're never able to enjoy the cake, being able to eat it and people like eat the cake. Does that make sense? Kind of. You're are you talking about people that like want a perfect body, so they don't let themselves eat cake. No, I wasn't okay. being literal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I meant though. Um, yeah. No. So I'm thinking like I'm thinking that it's it's different for a perfectionist and someone who has a perfectionist approach. I feel like we just described two very different things. I felt like what I had described and what Julia Cameron is describing are is. Um, and so I know she calls it perfectionism, but like people who ha- are perfectionists and then what you're talking about is a perfectionist approach. Those are the same to me that well, as well, I don't know if you would call yourself a perfectionist, but for, for me, who's been labeled as a perfectionist and now has come to terms with it as, as of a few years ago, it's very relevant for me because it, it, it means so like, okay, so let's dive into this more. Um, Okay, so something else that she writes is the perfectionist writes, paints, creates with one eye on on her audience. Instead of enjoying the process, the perfectionist is constantly grading the results. Um, So me, um, something else she says is for the perfectionist, there are no first drafts, rough sketches, warm-up exercises. Every draft is meant to be final, perfect, set in stone. That's me. Both of those are so me. That's everyone. That's how you make art. That's what I mean. I'm like, this is the process of making art where you you have something in your mind and you want it to look amazing and you give it every, everything that you have to make it look amazing. And I think that like the more you do this and the more you grow, the more you become a better artist. Okay, so um, I think the problem is, is that, so like going, okay, so let's go back to it. Um, Let's go back to the second one that I read. Every draft is meant to be final. And she also says there are no first drafts, rough sketches, warm-up exercises. Mm-hmm. That that does not uh, – I mean, I think it's different if you're just, like, doing the things with um, – oh, shoot, with Bob – what's his name? Bob the Painter. Yeah. Little Bush. Little Bush in the corner. That's just our little bush. Okay. Okay, so it's different if you're, like, painting with him, right? Okay. And you're just, like, doing the thing. But, like, diving into your own creativity. Mm-hmm. And even that, that could be – that painting could be a warm-up. Like, you're not necessarily having it be perfect. He's yeah. – I feel like Bob, whatever his name is. Bob Ross? Is it Bob yes. Ross? Yeah. I feel like Bob Ross is very, like, anti-perfectionism. He's just, like, go for it and just do it and let it flow, which I was really into. Um, not that I've ever done it, but I would watch, I would watch the, the shows. And, um, yeah, so, like, n- not letting there be a first draft, rough sketches or warm-up warm exercises. So, for me, like, that's why I use a typewriter, okay? Yeah, okay. So, for a typewriter, different than a computer, 
okay? My typewriter, when I'm on my typewriter, it's just a stream, like it's kind of like the morning pages, what the intention of the morning pages are. I am very thoughtful in what I write and I do pause a lot, mm-hmm. but like most of the time it's just a flow. It's flowing out of me. Whatever I'm trying to write just flows out of me. When I see it on the computer, I have the power of editing in that time. So I will constantly be going back and editing and I won't finish the chapter or I won't finish the short story. I won't finish the play or whatever it is that I'm writing. I, I, I will spend forever on it because I'm able to. I'm able to make it as perfect as possible and I'm never able to get to the ending. If I just went through in the, in the flow and just got to the ending and then like saw what worked and what didn't work and like, you know, like even like printed it out and like cut different pieces and move the text around, mm-hmm. right? That's more like playful and intuitive whereas if i just try to make it perfect the whole time it's it's hard to get it done like when 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 is it finished when you've fin- when you've perfected that one sentence well sometimes i perfect that one sentence and it's like amazing but then i go two paragraphs down it's irrelevant now i spent all that time perfecting that sentence and now i have to delete it okay so and for you this is like a full stopping block this for for me perfectionism is a stopping okay. block where I just see it so differently I think I well I just I'm just this is this yeah. is speaking so true to my personal yeah. experiences now that's not to say that when I when reading this I'm not like oh okay well I can just throw out whatever and I can it can be like a Bob Ross painting yeah I mean no I have a, you, you, that it's just very explorative and you just throw things out there yeah but for you know like that is like a warm-up exercise right you're learning how to do something well i don't think that i'm not saying that you should like go to extreme measures and feel really bad about yourself when you're making art like that's not useful that sucks that's a shitty feeling that's not good but i do think like while you're having fun making your art um like if you do sometimes like when i'm writing something and I get to that point, and I'm f- going fucking crazy, and I, like, I'm like, I don't know how to finish this. So I just, like, stop what I'm doing, and I kind of sleep on it, or I, like, walk away from it for a couple of hours, and then revisit it, you know? And then you're looking at it with fresh eyes. Um, but I do still strive, every thi- single thing that I make, I try to make it as, like, air quote, perfect as it can be. Because then I have, like, a sense of accomplishment when it's finished, mm. you know? Yeah. No matter how long it takes me. Um, I don't know. Like, I remember my old sketch coach, for example, um, posted, like, a screenshot of her folder of all of these drafts that she had for um, this one sketch called, like, Butt Stuff or something. And uh, she was like, I just want everyone to know that this is what writing looks like, and it showed, like, this huge page of 20 different drafts. And that's usually what you, like, that's the process, is, like, you're going through, like, version after version after version after version until you finally make something that you're like, all right, I like this now. Does that make sense? Yes, but that's what I'm trying to say, though. I think we're saying the same thing just in different ways. Okay. And so that's so that's what I'm talking about. You just talked about different drafts. Yeah. And in here, going back to the text, there are no first drafts, rough sketches, warm-up exercises. Okay? So what you just described were drafts, rough sketches, warm-ups, things getting up to that final draft. Okay? But, you know... Uh, when you when you are so in line with the perfectionist mindset, every draft is meant to be final, perfect, set in stone. 
Those are two different things. Well, here's the thing. When you're writing these drafts, you're always hoping that it's going to be the last one. Do you know, does that make sense? Like You can hope that it's the last one, but to be closed off from it to not, for the possibility of it not being the last one. That's not, it's not good for your creative flow. No, it definitely isn't. It's definitely not good for your creative flow. I think that like, I think that perfectionism should be like, I don't know, looked at differently. I think, I, I think that's fair, but I will say speaking to more people who have a perfectionist mindset or who I know to be perfectionist in like a very creative space, talking about people that I was with in my degree and even previous to then. I, I don't think that, per, like, I think that what you're talking about is an ideal of perfectionism. But what I'm talking about is how people interact with perfectionism today. I don't see, I like, you're talking about, like, mastering perfectionism, where, like, this is more so, like, people who are not in line with their creativity and, and connectedness with yeah. their creative self and how perfectionism blocks them from moving forward. Yeah. Don't let it block you. Easier don't let said, it. Easier said than don't done. Don't let it block you. Easier said than done. Well, it just means, I mean, like, go easy on yourself. Like, you're not going to, anything that you make, well, like, years from now, You, I don't know. I also think, like, like part of making art, you're going to roll your eyes at whatever the fuck you made, like, four years ago. Think back to what the hell you were making four years ago, you know? She talks about that, though. She talks about that. She says, she she talks about that, and I think risk. Yeah, she talks, so let's, let's go into risk. Okay. Okay, let's go into risk. Okay, so I'm again I'm going to I'm going to read her quote. Um, I'll look like an idiot, we say, conjuring images of our first acting class, our first hobbled short story, our terrible drawings. Part of the game here is lining up the masters and measuring our baby steps against their perfected craft. Now pause. Remember in the very beginning she says let yourself have baby steps. We don't compare our student films to George Lucas's student films. Instead, we compare them to Star Wars. See, I also have problems with that. Okay. Because why would you compare the film that you're trying to make with George Lucas's student films? Because we live in comparison culture, and it absolutely surrounds us. And it. No, 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 no. Hold yeah. on. I'm saying, why would we compare them to George Lucas's student films? Like, that would be really stupid. You're striving for the big thing. You want the big picture. You want, you know, the next, like, you want your stuff to look fucking awesome. Why the hell would you be striving for somebody's student film? Ever. You know what I mean? I don't want, I'm not advocating comparison culture. I just don't want this to, like, be a blinding light to something that you should strive for. Like... I, I don't know. I kind of feel like that's a little bit of, like, I don't know. Like, you don't believe in yourself, so, like, what you're going to strive for is, like, a student film? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's – I don't think it's necessarily that, like I, – I don't think what it is is that, like, sure, you can be inspired by Star Wars, and you can have what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But then when you look back at the work you've, that you've just done, and you were to compare that to, okay, so this short – the short film that I made – is not like Star Wars because all of these things, Star Wars was amazing, and look what I wasn't able to do with this short film. I can't believe I spent this time on it. Or do you look at it and it's like, I was inspired by Star Wars, and so I see specific elements in that. I wonder, being so so inspired by George Lucas, 
I wonder what his student films were like. And then you look at his student films and you're like, wow, you know what? I see some very, I see some elements that, that exist there that exist in my world too that I created. You know what? I feel like I'm on the right path. I can build something like Star Wars. Mm. I can build that magic of Star Wars, but I'm going to allow myself to be in this process, to be in this journey. And just look at George Lucas. If I can see some relativity in that, in his pathway, well, gosh, there's no, there's no wonder if I'll make it because non-literally, I'm already there. I, I get that. I do agree with that. However, there's this expression that, um, what is it? Contentment is the enemy of, invent of invention. So I don't think that like, Yes, you can be happy with your work, but you should always be striving for something bigger and better. Well, that's but that's but that's I didn't say anything that he that this person the student wasn't striving for better. I was saying that they were in a pause moment. They're they're yeah. in reflection and that they're able to absorb that right. Whereas you know that doesn't mean that like hey, I can strive for better. I can keep going further. I you know I I can keep running to the finish line right. Whatever that finish line is, if it's like something beautiful that makes you feel proud like you would if you were George Lucas and start you know for the Star Wars franchise um you know so 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 there is that application and so that's I I think yeah I don't think that it's implied that you just like stop there I think that you can be content in the work that you've done and know that you want to do better but give yourself a freaking pat on the back for doing something so amazing for yourself because if you were to look at what you did two years before you wouldn't have been able to make this film make this film but now because of your experiences and your practice and your ambition and your drive you were able to make this so who knows what you're going to be two years later you know i don't like matthew mcconaughey <laughs> where is this going but i do really i pff, let me tell you how i do not uh, i have rambles on how i don't like matthew mcconaughey but, but i will say him. no but i will say that he had uh, that amazing speech that amazing award speech and i don't remember for which one it was i think it was for dallas buyers club okay his oscar speech maybe from like 2014 or whatever maybe yeah it sounds that sounds like that could be it and he talks about how like he, he's, oh, what did he say? It was something about, like, how he looks up to himself 10 years from now, like, you know, and then 20 years from now, and that's, like, you know, looking at all these stages that he's gone through. He's what a man. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, that's... I see what he's saying, but, like, all, I feel like all that would totally come from like a dude be like i look up to myself 10 years from now but you have but like to be in that space <laughs> to be an actor you do have to have that mindset because like yeah you deal with so much rejection or not even just to be an actor to be an artist you're gonna deal with rejection you're gonna deal with rejection with even within yourself right and again a lot of it comes from comparison culture and what we've built in our society and being strong in yourself, being, you know, like however you want to use your art, you don't have to make a big like Dallas Fires Club. You don't have to make, you know, a Campbell's Soup original masterpiece, right? You don't have to do these. You don't have to make a Mona Lisa. Like it's your range. It's what you want to do with it. But it's about being in tune with what makes you feel amazing. And, you know, and if you can look up to your, that's nonlinear perspective though. If you can look at yourself at 10 years later 
man, that's amazing that I'm going to be this person in 10 years later or that like this could be me 10 years later. I'm going to strive for that and I'm going to keep pushing forward because that's what that's what we were just talking about. You were just talking about that with um, with 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 saying contentment is the killer of invention. Yeah. And so this is talking about like not going in that line, though. Because you, you, you are the person that has to make that magic. If you want that magic to exist and you have it in your mind and you want to be the creator, then you make that magic. So you, like, looking up to yourself, I think, is very appropriate. I didn't say that looking up to yourself isn't appropriate. Oh. I meant that you shouldn't be... I, I feel like as an artist, you should never be content with what you're doing. Not to say that, like, you should be beating yourself up and you should be hard on yourself, but you should always be looking forward. Always. You should always strive, like I said, for bigger and better. And that's why I think that like saying something like, oh, you don't compare yourself, your, your student film to George Lucas's student film. You compare them to Star Wars. Yeah, because it's fucking Star Wars. And that's the end goal. Like, it just seems silly to me that you're like, why, why would you? I know that it's useful to say like, oh, yes, uh, I'm on the right track because look at where this famous person was that I can point to, and this is the kind of stuff that they were making early on. Um, but I don't think that that's useful to your creative pro. Like, when you're making art, I don't think looking at somebody else's student film, for example, is helpful to you as an artist. Like, that's not going to help you grow. It's not going to help your process if you're striving for something that is like on your platitude you know what I mean mm. like if you're striving for something that you can that you know is already in your toolbox and that you can do you're not growing you should be striving for something that you've never like do the things that make you uncomfortable and make you scared yeah so what you're saying I feel like I feel like the issue in our conversation in this podcast episode is that I believe that contentment and striving for more is acceptable. And that's probably me coming from someone who has IBS <laughs> and has hurt themselves for so long because oh. I would never let myself be content. Oh. And there has to be balance. You have to have balance between two. And I feel like what you're saying is, is like contentment, like you can have moments of contentment, but don't let yourself be content because then you will never become better. And yeah, I exactly. But I, but if I were to do that, then I would never be better. I would still be, and I still do. I have like a very toxic relationship with my body because of all the things that I've put myself through and all the neglect and abuse that I went through. And if I didn't let myself be in the space of contentment, I mean, look, look at me now. Like, look at me in my life right now. I'm absolutely living a life of contentment. I'm letting myself be okay with not really progressing forward at an at a accelerated point. I mean, in my coaching, I'm all about exponential growth, but that's on your terms, right? Like quantum leaping on your terms and when you're ready for them. And I think you can absolutely, it's, I mean, it's, this is one of my core beliefs is absolutely being able to be content and also strive better. It's just not forgetting. You can be content with like what you've done, but not forgetting 
what it is that you strive for, and that's different. Then you have that with you, and you carry that with you, and it's not a heavy burden. But if you can never, like, really be okay with what you're creating until you get to the end goal, I just can't see happiness there. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about, like, not being content with what you've made. I mean, like, contentment as in, like, you stop trying. That's what I mean. Well, well, I don't know where in any of the text here it says stop trying. Well, that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's all back to what she said about comparing yourself, you know, like comparing your film, to your student film to George Lucas's student film. And I think that, you sh- that it's not helpful or useful to do that. But that's, it's, it's I not. I think s- that we're just going to have to agree to disagree <laughs> and keep it moving. Because <laughs> we will never stop talking about this. Yeah, that's true. A good point. Good point. Well, we are. I mean, that. I mean, I think the whole point of like this though is that like we're in risk now, and so, um, you know, further on in in risk, um, sh- something else that she says was, usually when we say we can't do something that, w- uh, what I'm sorry, usually when we say we can't do something, what we mean is that we won't do something unless we can guarantee that we'll do it perfectly. And again, I think that's what Julie Cameron is, is going up to, right? Like like letting yourself risk. And that's what you were talking about earlier, though. Like letting yourself have those experiences and be open and taking risks, right? Like you literally said that just a little while ago. And so I think that's the whole point is like being in tune with where you are, but also, you know, just like not having to think – like that's the whole point of looking at the George Lucas film, okay? Looking at the student films because if you can't line up there – then you're not going to think that you're going to be you're going to be stuck in this idea of be doing it perfectly. So let yourself be open. Let yourself know that you can do it. You know, do whatever that means. You don't if if you know. Maybe I agree with all of that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, so don't don't hold yourself back because you don't have a guarantee that you're going to do it perfectly. I do that all the time. Do that all the time. If I feel like I can't master that, then I'll hold myself back. I've like, done it like so you many won't times. Do, like you won't do it because you're afraid, afraid that you won't do it exactly how you want it to, it yeah. to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody can relate Absolutely. to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like it was really freeing to read this and to really see that like this cycle again, you know, like listening to, you know, to what's connected and not getting lost, lost in the perfectionism and then, you know, letting yourself like let that go and then take and then being able to take the risks um, which then will eventually get into jealousy and not letting that harbor us, but instead aid us. Yeah, let's get into jealousy. Yeah, jealousy was really was I know, really juicy. It was good. Do you have any notes on that? Uh, I mean, the same. I just underlined a couple things. Um, that jealousy is always a mask for fear. Yes, that was really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I agree with that. I agree that jealousy is usually a mask for fear. Are th- uh, are there anything that who are you jealous of in your life? Um, there's always been someone that your skeletons in the closet. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I do kind of have a hard time with like jealousy specifically because I used to be really jealous because okay. I wasn't. Um, I didn't love myself and I wasn't worthy. I didn't think that I was worthy. So I used to be really jealous and not know it. I wasn't aware of it. Mm. Um, I've actually burned a lot of bridges because of that. And um, no, I mean, it's, it's really yeah. sad. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I can, it's something I can never repair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, you just can't repair it. P- partially because like the people aren't interested. Well, I, I mean more specifically like 
Yeah, I'm getting why on a tangent. Were you, why were you jealous of these people? Well, at that time, I was in a, this was when I was in Denmark. Okay. And so um, this is when I was in Denmark, and I w- started writing a blog. And I didn't think any, I, I did link it to my Facebook, but I didn't think that I was worthy of anyone looking at it. Mm-hmm. I secretly wanted someone to know what I was thinking, but I didn't think that it would ever actually happen because I didn't believe that I was worthy. And, um, and I was blogging about the fellow. So like when you, when you go to a foreign exchange, you know, if you go to a city, normally you will be paired up or you'll like be in contact with all the other foreign exchange students in your, what they call a chapter. So for us, you know, Hatherslew, I'm saying it wrong. I'm so sorry. My accent is gone. I apologize. But in Hatherslew, um, you know, it was all of us that were in that area, in that city. And so there were like eight of us and I was blogging about them and I was blogging about one specific individual because he was very charming and I thought that I had a crush on him and I definitely didn't. Now looking back, I was just very confused. My family was very abusive to me and I had already been living in abuse. So I needed this. I needed to learn this though. This was a lesson I had to learn because I had to learn what abuse was, but um, I didn't know at that time. And, um, so they were, they were, they were verbally abusive to me. And, um, again, like repeating the idea that I had already grown up with was that I wasn't worthy and that I wasn't doing enough when I was very much stretching myself thin. Like it was, I won't go into it, but it was a lot. And he just seemed to really have it all. He had a wonderful family. He was so witty. He got along with everyone. Um, he was a life of the party and I've always felt like that was me, but I didn't, I couldn't tap into it. I didn't know why like that wasn't happening to me and I didn't know why I wasn't feeling loved and I just always felt left out. I didn't feel like a part of the crowd and I was blogging about it and I was like one time, I think I said, I won't say his name, but you know, like let's say his name is, I don't know, Matthew. There we go. Um, Matthew was an asshole. Okay. And like angry face. And so eventually they found it because I put it on Facebook or whatever it was. Yeah. And um, the link to the, to the, it was basically just a journal that I kept online as a blog. And, um, you know, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. And the things that I said were really hurtful. And the way that I handled it was not good. When they found out, I I put another blog out and I was like, if they're going to treat like if they're going to treat me like this and that's fine just like bring it on or whatever and i wasn't really taking him i know it was bad fighting woods it was i was in a very fighting and then okay. i i was at a point at the same time when they found out that i was getting kicked out of my host family that sucks it was so much and then like my connect so like i don't remember what her name is called but my let's call her like my resource um, she was like my buddy that I was paired with. She was Danish and she had just been across. I think she went to New York or something um, for a year. And I was paired with her as my buddy. And she, I was the only one not going to the high school at that time. Because Were you my, jealous of her as well? No. Okay. But she reached out and she was like, why, why aren't you, like, why did you do this? Why did you do this blog? Because she was friends with that guy and he told her about it. And, um, and she, she just was very like, she just wasn't very supportive in me. She was just like very accusatory when talking to me and didn't understand why I had done it. And then I said like, I just, I don't have any room in me to even really think about what's going on right now because I'm being kicked out of my host family and I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really like, I'm really sad. And she goes, well, that doesn't matter. You should be paying attention to what you're doing here. 
And so just like I didn't I didn't really get the support that I needed from like a friend space. And there's there's like some very yeah, much when like, you're abroad like that, like you're kind of really off on your own. Um, yeah, for sure. So anyways, that's like a long story, but I was very jealous of him at that time because, um, so for, so for me, I have healed the whole point of the story listeners. Gosh, gosh, darn it. I've done it again. Um, is that I, I have now a different relationship with jealousy because I have experienced so much of it in my life that now I, I, if I, I don't really experience jealousy anymore. It's more so like, oh, I admire that quality in that person. And I kind of already do what this exercise is. Well. I mean, like, is there anyone in your life currently that you're jealous of in a creative, like, for creative reasons? Is there anyone that you can point to that you're like, yeah, I'm really jealous of this person because they can do this awesome thing, and I, d- I can't do that awesome thing? Mm, I don't, yeah, I don't think of it, I don't think of it like that anymore. I think okay. of it as, like, there's someone called, uh, her it's name very is... very grown up of you. Thank you. I still have, I admittedly have, uh, have like little pangs of jealousy where I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Why didn't I think of that? I should have been me that thought of that. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. All the time. Are you kidding? That's, I feel like jealousy is all part of it and it's very natural. Like when you see your friends or people that you knew um, become really successful in the, f- in the field that you're aspiring to, like striving for it. Uh, and, um... Like one of mine, one of mine is somebody that I know from New York who is like kind of famous now or is on his way to fame. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he's really doing it. That's awesome. But I am jealous. You know, like I support like fully. Like that's all. I still think that it's it's not like a place of like, fuck that guy. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. He sucks. Like, no, he's awesome. But and I'm jealous. Who wouldn't be? You know? Yeah. No. I mean, who wouldn't be from my perspective? Sure. So, but I think, I think like the, the point or like for me, jealousy is what you, what you, how you described it is, um, going back to, uh, how did you say it? You said, um, you seen something that someone else is doing, thinking it should have been you, but you can't do it. Yeah. And I never think I can't do that. I do think I can't wear that outfit. Let me, let me elaborate on, Kay. I can't do it. I mean, I meant like your first thought in your head before you come to your senses is, oh, this person isn't doing this awesome thing or is doing this awesome thing and I'm not doing that. Or like, I feel like I can't do that. I feel like when you get, when you do get jealous, that's like your first like feeling is like kind of being down on yourself and feeling like, oh, I can't, why aren't I doing the thing? Why can't I? And then you like come up with a reason that why you can't do the thing before you like go through all the steps and you're like, I can do totally do the thing. I just haven't done the thing for X, Y, Z reasons. Yeah. Um, I, well, then in, in that definition, then I experience jealousy all the time. But I think yeah. I, th- I think in that case, it's more so like being in comparison culture. And I so think I think maybe this normal. is again like I think this is again like a perfectionist thing. Like for me, jealousy means something different then like I definitely get envious of people mm-hmm. and pff, I, so yeah so I, I I don't know from your definition I will say that I get very jealous but to be more specific and applied in another sense I do get very envious of other people but I, I think that's and I think that's much more healthy to look at it because again you know I may have moments of like oh wow look at that person I really want to do that um that's not really how I look at it. I don't look at it as like, why are they doing that and not me? I think like, oh, I want to do that. Well, I'm not able to do that right now, but what what can I change in my life to make that possible in the future? Good for you. 
I I think that most people get jealous. And that's fair. That's fair. Also, also what I just described, I think, it, you know what? I do think it's relevant that I just described the, the quote unquote Matthew story in Denmark because I had to grow a lot to not be jealous. And also my coaching is based off of comparison culture. So like mm. if I was sitting here being jealous of everyone, then I wouldn't be a very effective coach, would I? So I think it's just that I have been on a very specific journey and I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to be jealous of others. No, I think that's it's what I mean. Like I, I don't think, think it's wrong. Super normal, and yeah. I think it's all part of it. And especially if you have friends that are pursuing similar things, and you see them like getting success, like success is going to come and like not necessarily come and go, but just you know, it's that thing where like everybody has their own journey, yeah, and yours yeah. is coming, and blah blah blah, and it's all good. And it's also like I also heard someone once say that if you have time to be jealous, then you should be like you're not doing enough I don't know if that's healthy but (laughs) but no I I do think that that is a smart way to channel yes that jealousy is like if you have time to be jealous use that time and energy toward yourself and your creativity and take care of yourself it's like that princess Nokia song called sugar honey iced tea and it talks about all of this she's great um, oh but my god it's true it's like if you have uh, one of the lyrics is like if you have time to be jealous like some I don't know it addresses that They're like if you have time to be jealous then you could have been working on your own stuff like you're upset because I'm famous now but you could have been use that time when you were upset to work on your shit and work on yourself and like who cares if the other person is famous that's their journey and everybody's life looks perfect on Instagram and social media and wherever the it fuck so does it, it, it so everybody does. looks like super happy all of the time and you don't know what every everybody's life is like you only know what your life is like which is why comparison culture is bullshit but it's all part of it yeah and it's all yeah. non-linear <laughs> am I using it correctly yeah sure yeah, yeah. why not fuck yeah um but yeah, I think that I don't know. I think that I don't want to like I'm not like advocating to be jealous, but I just think it's okay to be easy on yourself and like ex- like don't expect to not be jealous when you're pursuing what you want. Yeah. Yeah. At some point it's going to hit you and sometimes it fully sucks. Like one time, ooh, okay, yes. <sighs> Bring it on. Bring it on. I was I remember watching um when I first started doing stand up, um and I don't do stand-up anymore. I, like, half-assedly did it for, like, a year. And uh, I, I don't like it. It's like when you try to force yourself, you're like, yeah, I want to pursue this. Um, I think even though I'm terrified of it and it gives me horrible anxiety and I sweat and I hate it, I'm still going to go for it. And I'm going to keep doing it because eventually I'll like it. And then I did it for, like, a year and a half. And I'm like, I still hate it. I still hate doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped. Um and anyways, uh, there was this uh, girl that did her first open mic. Um, I watched her grow up. And then a month later, she was doing Caroline's, which was this, which is this huge comedy club in New York City. And I was like, a month? A fucking month? A month? She oh, did this? Yeah. How? Where you just watch someone just rise super quickly and you're like, how the fuck did they make it to caroline's in one month that's i was like i don't get it she must have she did have connections but um 
still, I was like, how, how the hell, how the hell, or like when you see someone, I don't know, like get a TV show in like a year or something, and I'm like, how the fuck, you were like fucking doing data entry last year, and now you have a Netflix show, how? That shit. Um, but it's all good, because it all makes you, f- when you surround yourself with people who are doing those things and accomplishing these things for themselves, it means that you are on the right track. You know? I agree. I agree. Let's go back to me- a few a few weeks ago. Remember, I brought up you are the average of the five people that you're around. Yeah. So wow. if they're all accelerating, you are the average of that acceleration, and it's going to happen. Just That's hasn't so interesting. Yet. Interesting. Yeah, we are the average. God, I don't have that many friends though. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I I do want to go to. Um, <laughs> let's wrap this up because I, I do want to go to the the exercise that we talked about. Okay. Yes. Um, um, but as far but as far as jealousy, you know, um, don't don't let don't let that get in the way of becoming whatever it is that you're dreaming to be, mm-hmm. and let yourself really be free and let yourself channel that in a healthy way. Mm. I think that's, I think, I don't think that we've like specifically said that, but all of our stories and what we've been talking about is, is talking about that. Yeah. So again, if you look at the cycle, you know, it, listen to yourself, really be connected in that, you know? Um, and then we go to, um, we go to, um, perfectionism. Okay. Let me just look at my cycle. So, so we're listening. Okay. We're listening to be connected and then that can get overused in perfectionism. So having that healthy moderation, which I think that we both agree on that. Yeah. You know, that healthy balance. And then letting yourself use that balance to take in risks and move forward so that way you can accelerate in which ways, uh, you know, align with you. And then, you know, but as you move forward, you're still going to be seeing people that are further ahead in the line that you see in, in that linear sense. And so, you know, that's when jealousy arises. Well, when jealousy arises, what are you really signaling to yourself that you want to achieve and how you want to move forward? That is what jealousy is. Jealousy can be a friend to you. And so then again, you go into listening stage. And it's this cycle. It's a cycle of moving forward. So that way, you know, people think that you to get to where you want to go, you just run in a straight line. Like all of your obstacles are straight ahead. That's not how life works. That is not how life works. That's not how life works. Life works. And if you think of this as like a circle, right, think of it like a tornado, right? You at the bottom and you're in this cycle that kind of moves up slowly up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. on different levels that's how life works you want to get to the top you don't ride an escalator you don't ride an elevator you work your way up around to the top in circles and that's how you get there swirly do's that's how you get there yeah that's true so let's do this exercise because i really okay. i really want to read to you one of my answers okay. but it's not the first one so right. we'll have to get through them we're gonna do we're gonna do some of the answers Okay, there's an archaeology and exercise where we fill in the blank like we did last week. So do you want me to start it off? Yes, I loved how you did it last time. (laughs) All right. Um, I'm going to do one through seven because eight through ten is intense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As a kid, I missed the chance to follow through in something. Go to that art high school in Hartford. Oh. I really wanted to go and my parents could not afford it. Um, number two, as a kid, I lacked the feeling of being worthy and loved. Oh, yeah, I, I just want to hug baby Brittany. 
Oh my god. Um, as a kid, I lacked the knowledge to pursue a career in show business. Like oh. I didn't. It didn't occur to me as something that I could pursue until I was like in my mid twenties. What a lightning! What a lightning bulb that is. I know. Yeah. I was like, why didn't yeah. this occur to me? Um, number three, as a kid, I could have used encouragement and accountability in my parents. Yikes. <laughs> I love you, mom. Ditto, though. <laughs> um, no, nah, they love me. Uh, as a kid, I could have used more confidence. I was very yeah. insecure. Okay. Wildly, like, wait, like, too. like nonsensically insecure. I'm like, why? I'm looking yes. back, why? I was fine. I'm like, you're doing fine. You're better than most people in this town, is how I view it. Yeah. A little bit. Sorry, not no shade. No, lots of shade to my hometown. I think that a lot of those people are um, nightmares. Um, as a kid, I dreamed of being somebody, a superhero, someone worthy of attention. Mm. Yeah, I, li- I literally had fantasies of me like busting out of the the bus and having to, uh, you know, like go underground <laughs> and become back and like come as a superhero and fight something. Oh. That's awesome. Because I, yeah, I just didn't think that I was like noticeable or worthy. Mm. So I wanted to be worthy of attention. <sighs> I know. I know. I dang, love, dang, dang. I love little me. I do it all the time. As I say this stuff, I just hug my inner child. You should always be hugging your inner little baby. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I dreamed of being an independent artist. Even Ooh. As a kid, I was like, I want my own big place <laughs> and I'm going to paint <laughs> dogs. <laughs> Like you're gonna paint dogs? That's I a don't thing. know. That's a thing. It's a full thing, but yeah, I feel like most of like uh, mostly what I drew were like in high school were like dogs <laughs> and like mat like women. In, oh, like, magazines. you mean like painting? I thought you meant um like actually painting on dogs. Oh my god, no, hair. no, I'm not gonna and paint I was on like, dogs. That's a thing. No, <laughs> I just meant like little portraits. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, as a kid, I wanted. A. a skinny body. Damn. Yeah. Oh my god. I had IBS. Fuck our culture. I Fuck didn't our know. fucking culture that these like young kids just like want to be fucking thin. Oh, it's so disgusting. Um, as a kid, I wanted to be an adult. I just wanted to grow up. Yeah. And not live with my parents and my brother. I wanted that too. Yeah. I didn't want to have bedtime, and I wanted to just be be alone yeah i wanted to be alone i felt like oh, my mom was just very intense just a very intense mom okay <laughs> yeah um love her but my god no privacy whatsoever mm. um like she'd read my journal and stuff and like it was it was a lot i could i had it was like just like no escape i felt like i just had she would like listen in on my conversations really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was like, she was just, she was really bad as a kid. And she was like terrified that I was going to turn out like her. Oh, and I think she just had her own shit going on. And she just was way, way, way too much like helicopter mom. Like I was always fucking grounded. And so was my brother. But we were also bad kids, too. So, um, (laughs) Uh, anywho, in my house, we never had enough honesty, money. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. Last one. As a kid, I needed more adoration for me as I was. I needed more hobbies. (laughs) (laughs) I feel 
think I was a little bit of a couch potato you know, as a kid. Ditto. I loved cartoons. Ditto. I fucking loved cartoons. And Me I too. still love cartoons. SpongeBob still is in my heart. Rocco's Modern Life and Angry Beavers. Oh, I never watched that. And Friends. I think you're like a little bit too young for that. Oh, yeah. yeah we're a few years apart. Couches by a couple of years. Um, all right, let's do the next batch. Okay. It's all about the positivity this is, in this your is the answer. Life. This is the answer that I wanted to share with you. Oh, okay. I have a loyal friend in. Becky! I wrote you! <laughs> <laughs> I wrote you and oh I wrote exclamation God. point. Oh, jeez, oh. Louise. I didn't put you exclamation point. You guys, we've recovered point. from our fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. F- I will say that. It did feel weird. There was like a moment in this podcast where it felt really weird. And I just kept thinking. Oh, like, in this episode? Yes, in this you, episode. Oh, I know. It's like, we're having our first fight. I know. We're fighting. And I just kept thinking like. I can't wait till I read her my answer. I can't wait till I read her my answer. It's all going to be okay when I read her my answer. <laughs> I think it's okay. I think that no, we've I think been so getting too. along. And if we can cut out any of the really <laughs> intense shit. <laughs> but it's okay to disagree, and I think that it's good. Yeah, uh, no, we've been, too. like, super vibing this whole time, and, you know, it's about time we, you know, duked it out. If anything, <laughs> it, like, was a really – I feel like it was a like, in-depth conversation. And, like, as you pointed out, we could keep – going we could have kept and going you, it was i think it was good that you I cut was it like you i was like cool we're gonna keep disagreeing yeah. yeah but i know i think it's true like we agree on so many different things and like i think the things i want to say that we don't agree but like things where they're different is where i am like i have more information on a topic and you have more information on a topic and then like we come together yeah or like i'll say From something very that's different perspectives yes yeah. or, like i'll say something that's offensive and i don't know it and you're like no girl you can't say that and i was like i can't why and you're like because this reason i'm like oh damn okay i won't say it anymore i feel like that's a big part of our <laughs> relationship i think that <laughs> if you're in a relationship if you're in a friendship with between two white people i think that that is always going to happen that's like a that's yeah. like a growing thing yeah. like of the times but anywho anywho but like i feel like that's where like our differences come in or like you know i don't think that's like we're yeah i don't know i feel like that's where our differences come in as far as like against but it's not really against it's just more so like oh we're weaving together yeah in our conversations and this was the first time where it was more like, like button heads it button heads yeah, yeah. anywho okay anywho <laughs> Anywho, now that we've uh, talked about that, what else are you feeling positive about? Oh, yeah. Let's do our positive <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one thing I like about my town is options. It's natural beauty. Oh, that's nice. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's a good, good one. I'm thinking about, like, our city of Seattle, too. I wasn't thinking about my hometown. That's what I was thinking, okay, too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I think I have nice eyes and legs. You do, girl. Oh, you do girl. have very nice eyes and legs. Thank you. Um, I wrote eyebrows. You do. You have killer eyebrows. Thank you so much. You have killer eyebrows. They're so good. <laughs> I feel like you have the eyebrows that everyone wants. I I don't know about that. Everybody I mean, I, I'm happy with my eyebrows, but I feel like the eyebrows that people want, you I've have I've got them. strong brows. You do. Thank you. You do. Um, writing my morning pages has shown me I can... Do so much more with daily intentions. That's great. I said do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I meant, like, do the thing, like, practice your art. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am taking a greater interest in workshops. Oh. Yeah, doing workshops here. I'm, oh, I'm going to take a money one. I just signed up for it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, like, 40 bucks, though, to sign up. But it's, it's I think it's going to be really good. That's dope. 
Um, playwriting is mine. Ooh. I know. I what know. if you and I wrote a play together? I've done it before. Um, You're not into it. No. It's here's the problem. It's so fun that you get way your end product is a nightmare. <laughs> I wrote a Magic Mike fan fiction play with my friend Lisa. We met every Wednesday, and we got chicken and waffles because there was always a half-price chicken and waffle thing at this diner, and we would write chapters, and we ended up with, like, this mess. Like, it was so much fun, and we were going to turn it into, like, a bunch of different stuff, but it was just one of those projects that I had to let die. Um, But, yeah, like, we had a, a fucking blast writing this dumbass show uh i don't know i thought about maybe picking up like seeing what the hell yeah i I remember we both sent it to um a writer coach that we knew and we're like please give us your your notes and he just like never (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) whatever it was it was super fun i'd write a show i'd write a show with you though just as long as we keep the you know we'll have fun with it oh i feel like no i feel like you and it would have to be like a comedy Oh, for sure. Yeah, you and I'd have to be a comedy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm not writing things that aren't comedies. Am I oh, write I do. Fu- Sometimes. Wait, you write like dramas? Sometimes. Oh, it depends great. on what I'm feeling. Mm. All right, I believe I'm getting better at healing. Oh. Oh. I wrote like headlines. <gasps> Ooh, that's <laughs> strong though. Headlines, like you got to catch them. They are hard. Yeah. They that's dope. It's always good to strengthen your headline game. Yes, it is. Um, my artist has started to pay more attention to ease. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, it Can is. Can you good. elaborate on that a little for us, for the listeners? Yeah, and so what I think I mean is like, um, okay, so I know I didn't do it with the stress that I just designed, but you know, I'm looking at things and I'm not, I'm not thinking of like, can I do it or can I not do it? Of like, am I not able to do it? It's just more so, is this something that is realistic within my timeline. I know that I want to do it and that doing it is going to make me feel really good and it's going to like bring things together for me. But is the time allowed for it and the pressure that I have to put on myself to meet that deadline, is that going to be too much for me? Or would it be better to assign this later, leave it open, leave Mm. it something that I'll come to next, Mm. um, you know, ease in my life so that way I don't feel so low or feel bad about not getting things done so if it's ease you know if there's ease in it that I can actually fit it into my day and complete it then I'll put it in yeah I didn't do it that with the stress the stress is gonna kill me but (laughs) yeah (laughs) for the most part that's good um my artist has started to pay more attention to uh Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Michaela Cole so do you know who those people are no are those comedians uh yeah so Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the creator of these are both British women just occurred to me. British comedians are dope. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, is the creator of Fleabag. It all started from her oh. one-woman one, one show. She, Michaela Cole is the creator of Chewing Gum, also started from her one-woman show. And they're both incredible comedies. And I wanted, I'm like, fuck, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to write some kind of show. I feel like you could write a show. lot of magic about New York. Like, <sighs> You every time you bring every time you bring a little gem in from there New York for so like I've lived in Seattle at this point longer than I've lived in New York. But there was something about like the magic of New York that you carry with you, and I'm not saying like it has to be all about New York, but there should be some sort of element about New York. I don't know. I don't think so. I think New York City as a character or in a setting is like such a 
tired trope. Like I don't th- I don't want it to be about New York City at all. I don't think it's about you. I don't think it's about New York City. I think it's about you feeling magic in New York City being connected to to what you wanted to do. I didn't really feel a lot of magic oh. while I was in there. I lo- I loved slash hated it. It's a horrible place to live, in my opinion. <laughs> maybe that's what maybe that's yeah. what it could be about. I don't want to talk. Yeah. Kay. New York was Scratch a very it. negative place for me. Oh. I, d- I did not have. I mean, like, I'm glad that I took classes there and it opened up a lot of opportunities, blah, 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 blah. But, like, by the time I left, I was so miserable and mm. broke. And it was. Uh, there's some, like, really bad memories there. Okay. Um, Scratch so it. Scratch not do it. That, but my self care is. Yes. Oh, my. So- uh, yes. Uh, setting intentions. Oh, good for you. Yes. Um, getting a good night's sleep. Ooh, yeah. so strong. Don't so strong. get up. Don't stay up late for no reason. How I- how is that going? By the way, is, is it? Are you sleep better? Like since oh yeah, my insomnia like doesn't really exist anymore, <gasps> and that is because I don't work at a very stressful job anymore. Hey, yeah, yeah, no, yes. it's good. Uh, my insomnia, yeah, I felt like whenever I get super stressed out at a job, it just kind of spikes. Yeah, and it hasn't really. That like and it's been a pretty like I feel like weather also has a lot to do with it. Like mm. I usually get really bad, bad, bad insomnia in the fall, and it's been a very um, consecutively overcast fall and winter. You know, it's been pretty fucking gray like every single day in Seattle, and I've been fine. I've been sleeping. Wow. I know. I know. Um, number nine. I feel more restless. And open. Oh, restless. I'm sorry that you're feeling restless. No, I feel restless and more like kind of like, ooh, I want to get things done, but I'm not really doing a whole lot. But I'm, I want to get things done, and it. So then I feel open to getting things done. Okay, it's like fair. a restless like energy okay. that's like feeding me. But I'll, I'll my good. my next answer is gonna. It's like a second part to that. Okay. Um. So I feel more at ease. You do? Yeah. That's I nice. Do. It's nice. I do feel more at ease. I feel less like. Like worked up. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Listeners, I just made a motion and I she like did. bounced. Um, like Kramer. Think yeah, like Kramer. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, number nine. Possibly my creative. My creativity is being fueled. Oh, I said blooming. Oh, I love that. I love that. You're a little flower. Especially with your poodle hair. Oh, gosh. We both have poodle hair today. Yeah. Yeah. Got some curls up going on. Yeah. Um, great. I want to talk about... Do you mind if we just move over to topical shit? Absolutely. Um, let's talk about uh, what is... Like, let's talk about end of year stuff. I know that we talked about goals oh. during our last time. But yes, I yes, kind of yes. wanted to talk about, like, this is the end of a decade. <sighs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, Spotify has made that very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Spotify and like every single media outlet is like best of decade, blah, 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 blah. Um, So I wanted to talk about wellness and what this looked like in 2010. Okay. And what this like, what the fuck is this wellness movement? Why do I have a rose gold face roller or a rose quartz face roller? Do you really? Yeah. Do you like it? It's useless. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Some of the wellness stuff is great. Some of it, I'm like, why? 
why do I have this? Is it just marketing? You know what I mean? It almost feels like um, the feminist thing, like feminist brands, air, like air quote feminist brands that are that just want your cash and don't actually give a shit about women's rights. You oh, know? Like, also like you it's mean like, like a trending thing. Like razors, like female razors are the same. They're just pink and so they cost more. I don't mean the same as like pink tax. I'm talking about like how um, there's like at Target, for example, there's a shirt that says like feminist. Oh, you know, yes, that shirt. yes. Or like okay. when everybody tops on like Pride now. Pride is now like a brand thing. Like if you don't have like some rainbow shit in your in your back pocket to sell, then who the hell are you? You know. Also Target. I feel like Target and like every single. I feel like I saw like this is going off on a tangent, but um, like during Pride, I always find like the most random fucking pride celebrated things like i saw like dog stool softeners that had like rain that were like rainbowed out for pride month i was like what why why this why this why does this (laughs) celebrating pride this is insane (laughs) this is insanity (laughs) but anywho um yeah so let's talk about wellness and like what the (laughs) (laughs) So, like, when did you, for, like, first of all, just the word wellness yeah. and self-care? Yeah. Where the fuck, where were, like, when did you first hear of this? Because, honestly, I didn't think I heard this in the, until I started listening to podcasts and in, like, 2014, 15, like, four or five years ago. Yeah. Well, my mom's a wellness practitioner, which I had heard her um, call. This is, like, this is when I became a teenager. She had started doing this. And um, I had heard her call herself a wellness practitioner, but I didn't really know what that, this is the thing, like I had interactions with the words, but I didn't know what they meant. Like I didn't really dive into them. I just kind of have like a loose idea of them. And then with self-care, you know, I think my first real memory of diving into that, like I just, I knew what self-care was and I had heard of it, but I don't really remember it like I did with this. And it was on some bulletin boards. I used to live in the dorms for one semester. And there was one that talked about, like, how you can dive into self-care. These are different examples of self-care. And I was like, these are just things that I do. I don't know how to make them self-care. Like, I thought they were something special. And it was like, I don't take baths. But, like, one of them was, like, take a bath or read a book or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just did not understand what that was until later on. I don't know what that moment was for me when that, like, click together I think when I started when I wanted to when I started thinking about becoming a life coach I started thinking about what wellness meant and I started learning about wellness that was my first real entry into wellness Mm -hmm. and then with with um self-care I think it was until I became intentional with it I just thought I, I couldn't do it because I was already doing the things and I just don't know how to do them differently and it wasn't doing them differently it's about doing them with an intention of providing yourself with the care that you need yeah, that is absolutely what it is. What I was your experience? Um, I first learned about self-care through a, a podcast called Another Round, which is no longer exists. But uh, they talked about, like, wellness, and they're, like, peppered in throughout their each episode. It wasn't completely about wellness. It was about a lot of different things. Um, but, uh, yeah, they would talk about wellness and self-care and Tracy Clayton, one of the co um, the co-hosts, said something that I'll never forget. She said, "I demand to be my full self in every room that I'm in." Yeah. And I was like, "That is very powerful to me because I'm feeling very insecure. I feel like I have to play a role. 
for every different aspect of my life and I felt like I could never just like let my shoulders down and just be myself and chill out um I felt like I was just like in an apology zone like I'm like oh I'm sorry for being here you know um so that was really useful where it sort of started to like blur for me is when I saw that it was it's become like a mainstream thing now and it's hard to for me it's hard to sometimes know like am I practicing self-care or am I like what what am I doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I sort of don't know I'm like am I I don't know I sort of unknowingly practice self-care I don't think I actually know that I'm doing it or like necessarily do it with intention it's you know what I mean yes I'm like I am just getting a good night's rest I'm not thinking about the term self-care when I do it you know yeah exactly yeah anyhow um but I just think that it's really interesting that this all like you could argue that this all that what we know now in 2019 like things that are affiliated with wellness like these products face creams, good night's rest, you know, et cetera, could all be uh, pointed back to goop. Do you know what that is? Ooh, yes, I know what that goop is. It's having, like, I know, like, health, having, like, good, like, gut health. Oh, my God. And, like, you know, cleaning out your colon and, like, all that crap. (laughs) And, like, you know. It was already around. $3,000 Steaming your vagina. Yeah, that's yoni weird. eggs, crystals. Yoni eggs are cool. I don't know. I I've never used them. Me neither. But you know, thanks underwear. I feel like are part of like the self care movement for sure. Like there are like products and brands and colors, like you know, millennial pink with the green and cactus and all of that shit is part of like self care. You know, mm. it almost feels like a fad. At the, at this juncture, it feels like a fad. So it, Ooh, it's harder to practice. I it, haven't. I think. I haven't thought about self-care and, like, products that are made for self-care as, like, part of a fad. That's really – I think for me because, it's, like, I know I've, it's ugly. Yeah. It, first off, it's ugly. Second off, my, mo- my mother is a wellness practitioner. Okay. And so, like, diving into more of, like, things that have already been around for a minute and then her, like, diving into that and providing it herself. Mm. Um, and, like, new spaces that – and she, like – I think she does kind of have some products that are more kind of faddish. But it's more so like this is an approachable way for you to interact with this form of taking care of yourself and this form of wellness. And then she's like always there with like that introductory step. So I think she uses it very well. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say she's like a part of the fad. I think she's just smart about it. But I've never until now, I've never thought about her like working alongside with the fad. Oh, no. To make it introductory. Wellness and self-care have been around forever no I know I know but, but I've never thought like about it being a fad before yeah. because of my experience because you've always had and so now looking at this way with you just like bringing this aha I'm like damn fuck you <laughs> it's true though right like, man that sucks it is though if it, it to- you're totally right you're so right that's I think that's a, an accurate observation well, I guess that's why it can be hard for new like for beginners who are like I'm practicing self-care. I want to make sure that I take care of myself. But practicing self-care could also mean, like, not spending any money to make sure that you can pay your bills instead of, like, buying a cozy blanket, you know? 
Oh my God. I feel like, like you have just made a new definition or like a new allowance for treat yourself. Treat yeah, yourself. I, I feel like treat yourself. That is, I'm so happy you said treat yourself. That happened this decade. That happened in like 2011, which I can't believe that saying is like almost 10 fucking years ago. Isn't that wow. crazy? The episode is so old. Um, but treat yourself is like, I feel like goes hand in hand with the current like self-care wellness trend it is but treat yourself should mean like a multitude of things like how should you treat yourself treat yourself in what way it doesn't necessarily mean like buying yourself something because that's like consumerism and capitalist and it can you know it's fun to shop and do retail therapy and all of those things but it's also important to just like take care treat yourself like make yourself a little meal treat yourself go for a walk treat yourself Resist the urge to eat ice cream for dinner. (laughs) Ooh, that sounds good. (laughs) Um, That kind of treat yourself. Treat yourself as in like, I don't know. When I was really broke, sometimes treating myself would come in the form of like, I'm going to buy one expensive fruit as part to mix it up. Like, so I'd buy like my regular apples and then I'd buy one like organic pomegranate. And that was my treat myself. Because it was like three bucks or something, you know? It's beautiful, though. I love that you did that. Yeah. That's so fucking magical. It kept me sane (laughs) when I couldn't afford anything. And it was like my one way to be like, I'm going to be good to myself. Yeah. Wow. You know? And that is why I don't want to write anything about New York City. (laughs) (laughs) Because treating myself as like, I'm going to have bread and jam. (laughs) Like... I felt, like, so achingly poor when oh, I was there. Yeah. yeah, it was not fun. That reminds me of, um, I mean, it's a little bit different, but that reminds me of It's Complicated. Did you ever watch that with Meryl Streep, um, Steve Martin, and Alec Baldwin? Haven't seen it, no. Oh, it's so good. There's Is one. It? Yeah. It's I don't like Steve Martin. You don't? No, I think he's a dick. Really? Yeah. I think he's nice. I don't think he is. I think he's a mean, mean, meanie. I used to be very anti-Steve Martin, not because of, like, his work, but because I was like, why are you not... Not meanie. I just don't think he's as funny as everybody says he is. I don't think... I don't see him as, like, a comedy god. I think I think that he was back in the day. I think what he did was, like, very original. Like, but now, looking at what he's doing, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think things have kind of, like, like, fallen through a little bit. Yeah. Like him and Chevy Chase. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Who gives a shit? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like, why Sorry. did he, like, why didn't he incorporate, like, Chevy Chase more? Well, actually, not Chevy Chase. I felt like Chevy Chase was kind of his own thing. But, um, like, Martin Short. I was like, why are you not partnering with Martin Short more? I fucking love Martin Short. There will always be a place in my heart for Martin Short. Same. I adore him. And why did you not put him in more of your movies? But I talked about this with Brian once. And he's like, you don't know, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if, like, Martin Short maybe didn't want to do him. He's a very specific actor. You also, don't I'm know. not sure if Father of the Bride was Steve Martin's movie. I think it was written. I don't oh think no. this was like. Well, I'm just talking about movies that Steve Steve Martin made a lot of movies. Like he wasn't just the actor. Like he made a lot of movies that he was in. He did. Like Roxanne. He made it. Roxanne. He wrote that. Ma- is Martin Short in that movie? No. I He's mean, not even a cameo. I don't know. Dude. I don't know about. Not even Roxanne. a cameo. I don't even know what that movie is. Uh, Cyrano. I do like the Jerk though. That's a that's a classic. I haven't seen the Jerk. Oh my god. 
that's the one Steve Martin movie that you should absolutely see. It's amazing. Mm. Anywho. 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 Uh, Anywho. Um, what were we? We were wrapping <laughs> it up. <laughs> we were gonna wrap this up. We've been. I'm sorry we left you on a cliffhanger, guys. We don't remember what our point was. So thank you for sitting here. We with were talking us. about. Uh, End of the uh, like end of the decade. What does wellness mean to you? No, I know we're talking about that, but I just don't understand why Steve Martin got roped into that. Something about Martin Short. I don't know. I don't remember. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? You're right. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up, people. Pretty soon you'll be able to unbuckle your seatbelts and get up to your destination. And we'll see you in 2012 this entire Oh, my God. That's so funny that I, I did that because you just said we'll see you in 2020. Yeah. I mean, they'll will. already. They'll be, this will, from episode one, it'll be 2020 when the listeners are listening. But that's not the but point. Still. But us in this time. Yeah. See, okay, so that's nonlinear. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's nonlinear. So <laughs> when you, so we are here in 20, in, in 2019, but when they listen to the first episode, they're both in 2019 and 2020. That's true. Nonlinear. Our fight is over. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> Let's okay. I'm done. I'm done with my tangents. I'm sorry. Bye. Bye. Till next time. <laughs>